Welcome to this Brewery Pro episode looking at hop harvest and selection. As Southern Hemisphere hop growers reach the midpoint of their hop harvest, discussion often turns to hop selection. Brewers who have been fortunate to visit US farms are often invited to participate in selection, choosing the lots that they want to purchase. In Australia, Hop Products Australia goes a different way, aiming for consistent quality through blending, even though the company itself participates in selection in the US. Brewery Pro wanted to better understand the Australian approach and the reasons for it, and so we caught up with HPA's sales and marketing manager, Owen Johnson, to understand why the company sees the local market as being different, and also learn the business dynamics and agronomics that are unique to their Australian operations and shape its approach to hop sales down here. Owen Johnson, welcome to Brewery Pro. Matt, thanks for having me uh, again, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> well, Matt, funnily enough, I've just been listening to you on an American podcast. So, uh, it's, it, oh, it's, really? Yeah, there's, some, there's two Australian voices. Oh, fantastic. Yeah, yeah. No, it's a busy time for us because uh, obviously uh, for a bit of context for the listener, because I guess people can come back and listen to this uh, whenever, we're, uh, we're in the middle of March, we're in the middle of the Australian hop harvest and we get a lot of attention, uh, both from the US and from uh, Europe and of course from the local local brewers interested in you know what's happening, what the outlook's like and, and that connection with agriculture that's important to people. And this year's been, been a bit been a bit unsettled um we've we took the decision to uh, not allow non-essential people on the farm and then unfortunately and non-essential in the perspective of delivering the crop so well because it was this time last year in fact it was just before this time last year that we were up in the high country after the fires um visiting and it was only just then that you know this idea of you know harvest workforces um that are so important to the the, the, the harvest was starting to be talked about um, yeah, you know, you, you, you've had a year of planning. How have you gone mm. managing that uh, in, in in the year of COVID? Yeah, look, uh, we we actually shut the farms on uh, Friday the thirteenth of March, twenty twenty. So just over a year ago, and uh, I still remember clearly the the, the anxiety around that situation. But uh, we've had a we've had a you know twelve months to watch the situation um, evolve and change, and um, you know, I, I guess thinking about why people come on the farm, um, you know, and that connection with the agricultural um, piece into their brewery, trying to come close to us and understand our, um, as we encourage them to do, come closer to us and understand our processes and whatnot. We um, we realised that delivery on our promises, you know, our contractual promises to supply and, and the future of those beers that our hops are in is way more important than a bit of industrial tourism and, and me having a great time talking to my uh, brewing mates. You know, so we, we, took, the, we took the decision to um, shut the farms. We, we, uh, we've had very widespread support, of course, on that. There's, no one denies that our, our primary mission, the main thing is to keep the main thing the main thing, and that is deliver this crop. Um, and not put that at risk. So we've had good support from everybody involved there. In terms of labour force, we um, we um, you know we start ramping up our labour force for the uh, stringing and training um, operations on farm, um, ramping up again sort of toward the end of February, and then of course the harvest kicks off very late February, early March, and we we had to we had to pursue a few different channels to get the workforce we needed especially in victoria um tasmania we traveled a little bit better um both farms i would say uh, are just adequately covered we haven't got a problem but uh 
but we're, we're we're certainly not enjoying the depth of, of willing workers that we normally normally have. I expect this will change as um, as COVID restrictions ease and travel might start up again as as vaccines are rolled out and whatnot. So we're looking forward to that. Well, I'm speaking to Stan Hieronymus later in the week about hops and the northern harvest and it sounds like you know the, the workforces are, are very very different but have both been hit by covid so um i'll, I'll keep you posted with that but it's it, it's interesting because you talk about you know industrial tourism or you know the, the engagement that takes place on a farm and i still very uh, clearly remember my first experience down at bushy park when i was lucky to be taken down there for a um, cascade first harvest and you know, I, I used to worry that I over-romanticised that experience and how transformational it was in regards to my, you know, you know appreciation and even glorification of beer as an agricultural product. Um, but the number of brewers that I've spoken to who wax lyrically about that experience, it you know, it, it really is a foundational, critically important, almost a recharge experience for, for brewers to be there um, beyond just, you know, seeing hops grow with your mates. Yeah, it really is. And and you are you are not on your own in that situation where it's had a, an impact on your mindscape. I, I'm, I'm in exactly the same um in exactly the same situation experientially i remember i remember my first harvest and i remember my first kiln floor you know watching the first kiln floor of the first harvest since joining hpa it's uh it does register you know and i don't think it's over romanticized and we see it in people who come back to the farm every year they make a point of it and and um it is that connection it is that recharge it is uh you know verified that you know a verification that this this crop is um is important. It's it's mission critical to the success of some of these beers out there nowadays, as as hop forward styles have come to the fore. Um, I, I never I never cease to be amazed at, at how passionate people get on farm. It's my uh, it's definitely my favourite time of year, and um, and of course uh, that's always spills over to uh, to having a few beers afterwards and and talking about beer as well as just hops. Oh, absolutely, and 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 that's the thing. You know, like last night I. Uh, hosted a group of Queensland brewers at Parliament House for a you know parliamentary Friends of Craft Brewing event that we've been long trying to organise. And I spent most of the night thinking, geez, I wish I could get you guys out to a hop farm. Um, you know, drinking it here is one thing, but to really change your perception of beer, um, you know, a walk in a hop farm, I don't know, you know I, I, I don't know how we do that experience because as you say, you know, it's, it's a busy time on a farm and you don't want it to just be tourism but it's it, it is certainly something i wish we could bottle yeah because it is it is just such a powerful experience i, I mean i completely agree i don't quite have the solution to uh, to, to how to how to uh, i don't know uh, add a tourism business to the hop farm I, I, I wouldn't be i wouldn't be very popular with the farmers i'll give you the tip <laughs> uh, maybe we can call it you know hoppy land or something like that and have a couple of you know water slides and Things like yeah, that. Yeah, anyway, yeah. we'll see. But mate, one of the things that separates, and we wanted to talk about today, um, separates. You know, the, the the US experience. I've also been lucky enough to do is they often talk about this idea of selection, um, whereas your you know the, the 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 hop harvest in Australia is very much about engagement. Um, and you know, I was just interested in learning the difference between the HPA or you know the the, the Australian you know approach to that harvest and brewer engagement, and also the way that hops are you know blended and packaged. Yeah, fabulous, and and it's um it's a pertinent time for us, uh, and uh, you know we we have brewers around the world connecting with us and asking these sorts of questions um all the time. Uh, 
And and I think it is because HPA is in a unique situation. And we currently have a standpoint where we don't offer selections. And you're right, we focus on engagement and talking to um, talking to brewers about why we make the decisions we make and um, and how we manage quality. Now, you know, it's it's really important to note that we acknowledge the role that hop selection plays in those US, you know, particularly the US growing environment where, you know, it, it plays a role in aligning the, the brewer expectations of consistency and quality with the agricultural outcomes uh, of that given growing season. In my opinion, the rationale behind offering hop selections is driven by the diverse outcomes and quality when there are a large number of independent farmers spread across a diverse geography and, and in the states it's more diverse than it's been in 50 years there's something like I, I can't quite remember now there's something like 13 states growing hops now obviously the three main ones and, and a lot of really small guys but it's just a just a case in point if if you're talking about a really widespread variety whether that's cascade centennial or, uh, or, or or citra you know the biggest hop in america nowadays there is going to be a diversity of outcomes um, due to a diversity in farming practices, due to a really diverse spread across geographies, all contributing to a spread uh, for that given variety in that given season. Now, the difference with HPA is that we're an independent, verti- vertically integrated business. We span breeding and cultivation right through all our farming operations, uh, control of decision-making on-farm and, and as it relates to harvest, post-harvest processing and, of course, selling and messaging and, and working with brewers uh, to get the most out of those out of those crops we grow. So, so, you know, in contrast to that diversity that you might see in a huge growing region like the US, we're, we're a tiny uh, vertically integrated operation with, admittedly, two um, quite spread growing regions between Tasmania and northeast Victoria. Uh, but overall, you know, we represent less than 1% of the world's hop crop. You know, it's something that I know that I forget when you're talking about a hop that, you know, really has created a presence on the global stage um, in, in, in Galaxy. Um, but it, 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 it's a fraction of your output. You know, it's a significant fraction of your output, but it's a fraction of your output that is only 1%. So where would, you know, all of HPA's properties um, in, in Victoria and Tasmania you know, place you in, for example, the, the, the Yakima Valley um, in scale? Yeah, for sure. We will we'll be 650 hectares approximately this year um, uh, under harvest and uh, under trellis and harvested. And, um, you know, it's my gut feel that we'd be somewhere in the middle of the pack in the farming um, scales in, in the Yakima Valley. So, uh, you know, even, even picking up HPA's operation and, and dropping it into the Yakima Valley, you know, we're, we're sort of, I, I think, I sort of feel like we're middle of the pack in terms of scale and scope. Um, you know, and that's, that's I, I find this is a really powerful thing for us because our farming can take a sensible approach to managing managing our situation, um, uh, you know, no different to any other individual farm in the US, I would have thought. It's only when, um, it's only when you get this spread of farmers growing um, the same variety that that you're really going to drive diversity. You know, we we bred. Let's not forget the context of HPA's operation and, and why I said it at the top. We bred our own varieties. We grow only our own proprietary varieties plus Cascade. We only have two sites. We are a very modest operation in the scheme of things. Yeah, you know, all of these things work for me 
to give us an advantage in taking that really practical approach to achieving what we believe is the best out crop outcome. We understand our own varieties. We bred them. We grow them. We're a single, uh, how would you say it? Like we're a single point source um, for, you know, we're, we're a single point of origin in the supply chain for HPA's varieties all across the globe. Like, so we are in control of this. And that's a really strong and important difference compared to all other growing regions. This is where as a journalist it can be a little bit challenging because I don't operate farms. I don't know the <laughs> difference between, you know, one brewer's approach to growing and another's. Is there a variety of, of approaches and techniques and, you know, handling on farm between, you know, different controlled farms? Yes, I would absolutely say so. Uh, fundamental differences in, in the way hops are farmed across the globe. You'll see, uh, let me give you some simple examples, attitudes to weed control and, uh, you know, winter cropping and soil compaction and whether whether hop rows are healed up or they're flat or whether hops are dressed or whether they're not dressed. Like these, these are, there's a myriad of, of, of practical farming decisions that are made. Um, are very, very similar to, you know, making beer is easy. It's only got four ingredients, right? People can do it in, <laughs> well, people can do it in their basements, right? You know, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, in my, Matt, in my, simple, let, let, my let, simple perspective of beer. <laughs> let's not go down that rabbit hole. But the point remains that there are a thousand things you can do differently to your neighbour in making that beer on that day. And hop farming is, I, I feel, very, very similar in that way. So on-farm decision-making can, can lead to a, a, you know, a very, you know, very diverse, way in which um, that given farm grows hops, uh, certainly between growing regions and styles of cultivation uh, around the world. So, you know, uh, being in that position where we, um, we're we a relatively small operation and we own and control our own um, processes, you know, and, and let's just talk about that. And you can hear more about this on um, hops.com.au forward slash virtual dash harvest as we have a presentation. Yeah, thanks for the opportunity to give that a big plug. Go, go there. And we've got a pretty comprehensive hour-long um, presentation on our quality systems where you can uh, where you can take a deep dive. So, you know, we're ISO 9001 certified. We have this strong procedural governance of our hop farms. And, you know, I'm not going to tell you that we, we don't have variance in crop outcomes, even inside one crop. But I say to you that we are in control of uh, the whole crop perspective uh, of how we handle material immediately post-harvest through into pellets. And this, this difference um, allows, uh, you know, there, there are two things I'd like to mention here in this difference. One is that we have a whole crop perspective, right? It's not like citra or something like that where we're just a farmer growing some citra and we understand our outcomes but have no idea what the rest of the variety looks like in the whole um north pacific northwest you know um we know and we can make great decisions on um on handling that material and blending for our purpose which is highest possible quality lowest possible variance across the across the variables that we can measure i mean i I guess that's an interesting element for me and you know on one hand you can understand a brewer wanting to go in and choose the hops that he wants but i'm actually thinking of the equity of access view which would be the counter to that if i'm you know if i'm the last dog to the bowl what you know what chance have i got of getting the good ingredients if if, if the big dogs have already been in well i can only i can only assume you get the crumbs 
Okay. Now, you know, that, that, is, that is the difference, right? So let's talk about Cascade across the growing base in the Pacific Northwest. You will never be presented brewer's cuts uh, at the selection table that represent the entire crop. You, you as a brewer just have to acknowledge that you are still at the mercy of what is presented to you on the selection table on that day. We take that pretty seriously in the way we handle our own selection of US material because because uh, work with my uh, contradictory stance here, HPA works very hard on US selections to guarantee our Australian customers great quality material. And, and this is not contradictory because we do acknowledge that diversity in America demands that we go and verify and select material. It's completely different to the HPA perspective where we own the full crop outcome and we, we're in charge of blending and processing and pelleting to, to our objective. As you say, a little egalitarian perhaps, and I know some brewers with their own self-interest um, right at the fore of their mind will not agree with this ever, but we're in a position where we are managing Galaxy for the best long-run outcomes, multi-year outcomes where brewers can trust performance uh, and, and being the best of a crop actually isn't important. As long as it delivers on the impact in beer, you don't have to have the best little slither of that entire crop. As you're explaining that, I'm actually thinking of the debate that takes place in the brewing industry itself of blending, you know, batch blending versus, you know, batch to batch variation being embraced and, and what the outcome is, is, is across both of those. Is there a parallel? Oh, I think so. Um, and, and I think the vast majority of brewers would admit that they are under a lot of commercial pressure to make consistent product. There is a consumer confidence piece to selling beer, no matter how much we celebrate uh, diversity and and um, choice in our craft space, in our, in our industry. It's like you still – it's almost like – for me, that's a choice and diversity question between you and the producer down the road. Um once someone loves your American style pale ale on the shelf in a in a bottle shop or on the on the tap in the pub down the road, when they come back next week to have another pint, they have an expectation that that beer is pretty consistent. And I think that's I, I still think that's um, a very relevant point. Um, even if our mandate in craft is choice and variety and diversity, you still you still have a consumer confidence issue you need to address. Mm. And and how that dovetails in with our perspective on selections is that. You know, we, we're we're in control of our data, and primarily these um, these are uh, HSI, uh, Total Oils, you know, Alpha, Beta, um, and we we're, we're in control of our data for the whole crop of one variety. It's un, it's it's actually I don't know another situation where that happens in the world, and we can we can make processing and production run decisions to help the brewer trust in our product as an input. To, to achieve that consistent flavour impact. Um, you know, we we know, and this is the second point I was going to make a little earlier, that we know that our hop varieties are, are mid-range in stability once, once they're in the bale. Um, and so we, we're very conscious of timeliness and um, getting our production of, of pellets through in a timely manner. I think we're on track for about, eight weeks, possibly a little longer, possibly nine weeks this year from the end of harvest to the completion of pelleting. And now that is a, a, a clear acknowledgement of um, the adverse impact of uh, storage in bale. Um, it's always been, I found out recently that, it, that even prior to Ringwood released in the 60s or crossed in the 60s was, um, was not a particularly stable hop 
in the bale. And we've always enjoyed uh, high throughput capacity and pelleting here in Australia for those reasons. So it's it's almost um, it's almost a little, a little idiosyncrasy of the uh, of the Australian breeding context as well as as uh, as you know uh, hop selections in the Australian context. And we we acknowledge this and we are driven by this highest quality, lowest variance outcome and timeliness into the final package um, is a is a key uh, control, you know, quality control step in that. It's funny, when you talk about the highest quality, lowest variance, that's very much the approach that brewers look for in, you know, barley, um, you know, malt, for example. Does hops sometimes suffer from its rock star persona that, you know, there are different expectations for the approach to them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The barley, the barley. I think the barley motives uh, for the brewer's perspective, um, and, and not forgetting that there's a, a a converter in the middle of that barley process. Yeah, the maltster has a mm. pretty important role to play in presenting consistent quality. In fact, you, you would, you know, they're, they're under a massive challenge because you've got agricultural variation, and then you've got the 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 process control of the modifier in there, the, the monster. Then you've got a brewing operation and you're trying to get a consistent outcome in the beer at the end of the day. It's a really tough challenge. Is it in hop grower's advantage, perhaps, not to have a, a converter in the middle between hop grower and um, use in beer? Uh, yes, I think it is, but you have to address it appropriately, and, and that is the two, the two ways in which you address it is either selections to guarantee yourself a level of satisfaction that the material you're going to put in your beer from the farm is, is of an adequate quality, or in the HPA context, you, you, you can come on farm, come closer to us, understand why we make these decisions, um, how we, how we uh, approach this, this uh, holy grail of highest possible uh, average quality with the lowest possible variance in quality. And, um, and effectively, you build up confidence and trust us to deliver on that promise. Um, people, people, need, people need to sometimes take a deep breath um, when you're telling them no on, uh, on selections. I think when I can refocus the conversation on our mandate is actually to uh, deliver impact in beer, uh, people start to start to get it that that we're actually aligned in our in our motives here. The the end goal here is the same. We're we're using a, a second management tool and technique to ensure that our hops stack up um, at the end of the day. Terrific, mate. Look, now, I know you've got a harvest <laughs> to take care of both in reality and in virtuality, so I'll let you go. And uh, very keen to doing our annual uh, post-harvest uh, uh, roundup as well um, to find out how it all went. How, how is it looking? You know, are things coming on you know, at, the, at the right times and in the right place? Uh, yes, I, I, uh, I do think so. I think, um, I think we, you know, and people are probably going to have a laugh when I say some varieties are up and some are down. That's pretty much the same story every year. <laughs> <laughs> that's the old, that's the old how to say nothing while saying something, sit on the fence. Um, but it's it's the reality of it. We we have um, we do have a diversity of genetics out on the farms nowadays, rather than say you know when we were just growing pride and super pride, and uh, for instance, and um, and inherently, there's less uh, variation there because you you don't have the the different varieties responding to a, a seasonal condition. So we do see some we do see some ups and downs in any given season. Um, I look forward to to going uh, going deep on those with you. Uh, you know, maybe middle of April when we've got our arms around uh, the full results. Yeah, and I, I'm really really confident that um, we're going to see uh, great Aussie hops 
you know, bursting with Aussie hop flavour in beers <laughs> through 2021. And, uh, yeah, we'll certainly make sure that we link uh, either in the show notes here um, or el- elsewhere on the site to the, uh, uh, the, the the virtual presentations you've been doing so people can find out about uh, what you've been up to. So, Owen Johnson, thank you very much for joining us on uh, this Brewery Pro Chat about uh, hop selection uh, and blending. Thanks, Matt. Thanks for your support. Thanks for having me. You can download a full transcript of this conversation with links to other information in the show notes to this episode. Brewery Pro content is presented by Brews News and is designed for the brewing industry professional. If you have any suggestions for topics that we can cover, email us at cheers at brewsnews.com.au. Thank you for listening.